Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. It's Mother's Day. And I tried to put together this wonderful Mother's Day message. And that's not what the Lord wanted me to do. So this is for everybody. So it would have been for everybody because the word applies to everybody, right? So... So I just want you guys this morning to just open your heart because I believe that what the Lord wants to say this morning has this great potential, anything in his word does, but I'm telling you this, what I'm going to share is such, it, it set me free in a lot of areas. And so I'm going to share this. And um, I just want you to open up your heart to what the Lord has to say this morning, you know, and uh, just listen, hear it, take it in, and because God is going to minister to you. And this, this, you know, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So his anointing is coming forth because he's good and he's God. And he's into breaking yokes. Amen? So let's pray this morning before we get started. Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for um, that you open our eyes, our understanding. You bring light to dark areas, Father. And I thank you that, Lord, as you do, we experience freedom in those areas. So, Father, I just I speak freedom over these people today. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, that you give me the words to speak, utterance, and you give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, Grace for the Gift is the title of the message this morning, but I just want to let you all know, in case you didn't, that there are gifts being given this weekend. Lots and lots of gifts. I was out yesterday, and there were lots of lots of men with their little ones and you could just see uh, the excitement on their face to be out looking for gifts. And well, what do you, I heard this one dad, well, what do you think about this? Should we do that? He was so patient with his little one, you know, and just so cute. But anyways, there's lots of gifts that are being um, given this weekend. And, and what we're going to talk about is, is that God has given the ultimate gift. Everything that we receive from the Lord has been a gift. Now, when somebody hands you a gift, you don't, well, here's $10, right? You don't pay for that gift. You receive that gift. If you gave money for that gift that somebody gave you, then you didn't receive a gift. You bought an item, right? Everything that God has given us, everything that he has given us in Jesus is a gift. And so we're going to talk about how we receive those gifts today. And um, uh, because every promise that he's spoken in his word is a gift. You know that? If, if we could earn our salvation going to heaven, okay, if that's how it worked, then everything that God's, Jesus supplied through his death, burial, and resurrection, we would have to receive the same way. But we didn't pay for any of it. It was free. God gave it. He, it says that because of his abundant, the abundance of his mercy, because of his great love, 
because of how much he loved us, he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? And so let's turn over to Romans 4 and verse 16 we're going to go to. See, everything that we receive from the Lord is going to require one thing from you. It's going to require faith. Everything you receive is going to require faith. You're not going, it's not going to require so many hours put in at the church. It's not going to require all the good deeds. It's not going to require, um, you know, well, I go to church every Sunday and I punch the clock. No, everything that you receive from the Lord is going to require faith. And so we're going to look at Abraham and Sarah this morning and uh, see what these verses say. But um, chapter, Romans chapter 4, I've got to get to the right one. And we're going to start in verse 16, and I'm going to read through all of this through 21, and then we'll go back and revisit some of these verses. But it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak, verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises or the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. All right, we're going to break this down. And this is where I want you to open up your heart and see the light in these scriptures and receive revelation because this will set you free. And so the first thing, so five necessary elements to receiving and retaining the gift or the promises, the promise. And number one, in verse 19, we're going to visit that. It says that he did not weaken in faith. I was thinking, how did he not weaken in faith? Okay? Well, let's look up to 17, and it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. And then in verse 18, what do we see? It says that according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. God spoke a word, and Abraham grabbed on to that word. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what has God spoken to you? And I'm telling you, everything, the, the promises of God in this word are yes and amen. They're for you, they're for you, they're for you, they're for me. They're for everybody who will receive them, right? It's a gift. He's not a respecter of persons. He has given us gifts. He has given us a supply through Jesus Christ. I'll just let you in on something that will help you. You did not just receive just going to heaven when Jesus died 
and was rose. You received everything that he conquered through that whole process, and it was given to you as a gift. How do you receive a gift? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'll take that. You don't receive a gift by, well, how much do I owe you? No, it's a gift. Well, how much do I owe you? No, it's a gift. Well, what do I need to do? No, it's a gift. He supplied a gift, and that was Jesus. And when we understand the fullness of what is in that gift and what was given to you and then what was placed on the inside of you, when you said, Jesus, come into my heart and to my life, it wasn't just, yes, now I'm going to heaven. It was, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to have heaven on earth too. It was a gift. So Abraham, I believe, did not weaken in faith because he held on to the word that God spoke. He held on to the word that God spoke. Now imagine this, because he carried this promise for many years, okay? It did not just happen overnight. But you could imagine his name changes, and he's walking through the town or whatever, and he had to fight with people saying, uh, you're a fool. That's not your name. You're a fool. That's not, you know, because what did, God, what did the Lord say to him? He said, he said, I've made you the father of many nations. I mean, here he is, and he's not that. What do you think he had to push against where he was? Not only dealing with your own thought and your own imagination and not seeing the promise fulfilled completely, but what did he do? He did not weaken in faith because he grabbed onto the words of God and did not let them go. I would imagine he probably walked around and said, I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. I am or it says, so shall your descendants be. I have descendants. I have descendants, right? The Passion Translation says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. I heard Kenneth Copeland just say this uh, the other day. He goes, we just need word faith. God said it, that settles it. I believe it. And you don't let go of what God said until you see the manifestation of what he said. So Abraham and Sarah held on to the word of God. It was enough for them. They, they knew God was faithful to his word. They held on. It was enough for them. So that kept them from weakening in their faith. So if you're feeling weak in your faith, what are you holding on to? Whose words are you holding on to? you got to keep that in mind. Abraham agreed with God's declaration over the situation. Listen, you will have two options in any situation you face. You will have option one, option two, option A, option B. You'll have two options. You're going to have the natural side of things. You're going you're to have the things that you see and the things that you hear, the own, your own thoughts and things that come to your mind, or you're going to have this option over here, which is what God says. Hello. Better option. He's God. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? He's God. He holds the universe. He holds the waters in his hand. He spoke and it was. He didn't wrestle the things into being. He just spoke and it was. We're talking about God here. How big is God in your life? In your mind, in your thought, how big is he to you? To Abraham, it was enough. God said it, that's it. That's what I'm having. What did God say to you? You need to find out what he's saying to you. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're just going to get this. Listen, a lot of what he says to you is just right here. Most of it. And then the Holy Spirit comes and confirms this word to you in your heart. Says, yeah, that's you. This is, this is your promise right here. So it's simple. In Deuteronomy 30, 15, it says, Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. I've set before you life and death. Choose life. So Abraham had to choose right there. I'm going with what God said. I'm going with what God said. All right? Verse 19, here's another way that he did not weaken in faith. He did not look and focus at the natural state of the situation. Listen, the natural state of the situation is going to scream the loudest. It is always the loudest because you feel it too. You feel it. But he did not look and focus at the natural state of what was happening there. He could not. If he had he would not be in faith. And he would not have received the promise. It works no differently for us, okay? We serve him through faith. It's faith that pleases God. Faith pleases God. In fact, it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, without saying, God, you said it, it's mine. You said it, it's mine. You said it, I'm having it. You said it, it's so. God is faithful to his word. To consider, so he didn't consider, he kept his faith from weakening. He chose one or the other. What are you considering in life? To consider means to examine. It means to think carefully about. Oh, man, come on. Sometimes we think too carefully about the situation. Anybody else? too carefully about the situation. He said he didn't consider the natural. He didn't consider what was going through his own mind. Consider also means he didn't believe. He didn't meditate, ponder. He didn't turn over in one's mind. Come on, that's worry. You sit there and you turn over in your mind. Well, you know, you just turn it over and you turn it over and then you talk about it and you turn it over and you turn it over. You are considering, we are, I am considering the problem over the word of God. Over God's words. Capital G. O-D. God's words. You're considering. See, we're, to, we're supposed to do that on the other side, 
We're supposed to examine the Word of God. We're supposed to think carefully about the Word of God. We turn it over in our minds. We uh, meditate on it. We ponder. We bear in mind. We keep in view the words of God. We make allowance for them. This is what consider means. We take into account and we set the mind or the eye on it. He didn't consider the natural, which means he considered the spiritual, the supernatural. He considered what God said. He considered what God said. So if you don't want to weaken in faith, what are you considering? What are you focusing on? Where's your mindset? Where's your eye? What are you looking at? What are you turning over in your mind? Listen, you can get really good at turning over in your mind the word of God, and that's called meditating on it day and night. Anything, when you, when you get to know God and get into his word, anything that comes contrary to the word of God, you know it immediately, and you say no, and you turn over. No, I am more than a conqueror. No, I am more than a conqueror, and you're turning it over, and you're focusing on it. Man, I see myself as a conqueror. If I was a conqueror, how would I walk? Like this. I don't know. <laughs> I walk like this. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> so you consider. So he did, he considered what God said. Do you see that? He didn't consider what the natural, what the enemy, probably his neighbors, what his body said. He didn't consider those things. He only considered one thing, and that's what God said. Number two, he did not waver at the promise. And what this spoke to me was, listen, he didn't waver at the promise. That told me that he trusted God. He trusted Father God. Do you trust that God is big enough to take care of your issue? Do you trust him to know that he is faithful? Do you trust him to the extent that he can just say, you know, Deborah, you're the healed of the Lord. Oh, God, yeah, I trust you. That's so good. You said it. That's what I am. You said it. That's what I am. I'm free. Yeah, that's what I am. You trust him. We need to trust God. We're trusting too many things. We're trusting what we feel in our body. We're trusting what we see with our eyes. We're trusting what we hear on the news. Hello. We're trusting, well, you know, this is how it goes. We are to trust God and him alone. He is trustworthy. He is so trustworthy. So in verse 20, the first part of it, it says that he did not waver, which tells me he trusted him, at what God had said. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't allow fear in. Fear will cause you to waver. Fear will always pull you down. Fear will always say there's no hope. Fear will always say you're not going to make it. He did not waver. Waver means to be undecided between two opinions. Remember, we talked, there's one or two, A or B. 
A or B, one or two? A or B, that's it. A or B, it is that, it is that simple. A or B. Two opinions. He went with God's opinion. Do you guys you see how easy this is to not weaken in faith? It's so simple to make it so hard. It's as simple as saying, I choose God's opinion. I choose God's words to me. I choose what he says because he's trustworthy. He's faithful. It is that simple. Your Trust in the Lord needs to hold more weight than your own opinion or the own natural feelings in your body or what other people say. God's word should be what holds the most weight in your life, what God says. It has to be that way. If it is not that way, you waver back and forth. If it is not that way, you waver what does James say? He's unstable in all his ways. I don't want to be unstable. I want to be stable. Trust God. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. So fear will always look at the situation. It will meditate on it. It will consider the worst possible outcome. Fear is the number one tactic of the enemy, I am telling you. That's what he's got. On a, over a believer, that's all he's got. That's it. It's a facade. Can I get them to consider what I'm saying to them and what the situation is saying? Or, or are they, you know, they're non-wavering believer. They stand on the word of God. They're not going to waver and they're not going to vacillate back and forth. He is looking for the weak spot and he tries to get there with fear. You know what you do with fear? Oh, yeah. You just, I'm telling you, you get in fear's face and you say no. Man, I used to deal with fear. I'll tell you this. I used to deal with fear being up in front. So much so that, I mean, I could throw up on you. <laughs> I could pass out. No joke. But you know what? I kept saying, no fear, you are not in control. I would sit, and when it was time for me to just even, I mean, even a small group, and I would tell my body, body, you shut up. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm serious. Body, you are not in control here. You are not in control. Body, you shut up. I mean, I would get after it. No, nope, we're not going there. I'd tell it, I'd, t I'd give it the what for. You know, we're not doing this. I do the same thing with sickness. No, no, we're not going there. That's not, nope, body, you, you have to line up with the resurrection power on the inside of me. You do not have a choice here. You do not have a choice. So let's read Isaiah 41.10, and I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. You can write it down and turn there, but it might not look exactly the same. Do not yield to fear, for I am always near. Oh, he's always near. We don't have to yield to fear. 
Never turn your gaze from me. He's saying, don't turn your gaze. Don't turn and look around. You know, you don't, you're not turning and looking around at everything. You're keeping your gaze on Jesus. For I am your faithful God. I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. Listen, fear is the bondage and the chain that locks up the resurrection power in you. Fear does not come from the inside. It tries to come from the outside. So you can tell it to leave. Fear, get out of here. Right? It comes from the outside. So he trusted God. The number, th- uh, number three, he strengthened himself in faith. Verse 20b, he was strengthened in faith. So the second part of 20, he was strengthened in faith. He was strengthened in faith. If your faith is feeling a little weak, you probably need to strengthen your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God in Romans 10, 17. So you strengthen your faith by hearing the word of God. You strengthen your faith by hearing and hearing and hearing. That hearing is a continual thing. It doesn't stop. Do you know that you can read a scripture in the morning, spend time with the Lord, and then you can, you can say that scripture throughout the day and you're hearing it? It's that simple. We don't don't look at this and then walk away and forget what we've read. We focus in on what God is speaking to us and we agree with what he says. We agree with what he says. So he strengthened himself. What did he say? He kept saying, "God, God said I was this. God said I was this. He heard the word. He kept hearing the word. God spoke it, that's so, and he heard the word. And I love how God used the stars. I heard a minister say this too, but the stars in the sand. You know, that would be your descendants, right? What did Abraham see every single night to remind him what God said? The stars. What did he walk in every single day? Sand. God will help you. He'll show you how good he is. He's a man, he's not even, he's, he is a God of his word. He does not lie. The other one is, he strengthened himself, I believe, in Isaiah 40, 31. And it says, but those who wait for the Lord, this is the Amplified, who expect, look for, And hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. They wait upon the Lord. You wait upon the Lord. Wait means to stay or rest in expectation. Wait is not, it's not a lazy thing. Wait is a rest in expectation. Wait on the Lord. 
Sean and I were talking last night that to wait on the Lord, you cannot wait, you cannot receive strength by waiting on a natural substance. Let me explain that. You cannot scroll Facebook, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. (laughs) Waiting on you, God. Where are you, God? Waiting on the Lord. How many have tried to get some rest and relaxation by watching a movie? That is not waiting on the Lord. You cannot wait and think you're resting on something natural and benefit in the Spirit. It does not happen that way. You sow to the Spirit, you reap of the Spirit. You sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. There's nothing wrong with those things, but if you are looking to find rest, you will not find it in anything natural out here. You will only find it in waiting and expectation and in rest on Him. You will only find it that way. You will only find it that way. That is the only way. So me personally, I'll be increasing, increasing my waiting on the Lord. Where you just sit, you just lay on your bed, and you pray in the Spirit. Or you lay on your bed and you say, oh, I thank you, Lord, that you renew my strength. I thank you, Lord, that you renew my strength. Father, you're renewing my strength right now. Guys, we've got to, we've got to get back to this. We've been... We've been lazy in this area where we just sit and we wait and we rest in the Lord where we just sit there and we we minister to the Lord Lord you are so good father you are good you are faithful you're trustworthy and he ministers back to you resting and waiting upon the Lord what in that place of rest and that expectation And waiting on God is where you will find your strength. It is where you will find your joy. It is where you will find the ability to continue on. It is where you'll get your answers. God is faithful. He'll meet you there. The Passion Translation says in verse uh, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. Divine strength. Holy Spirit strength. Divine strength. Leap through a, no. Run through a wall and leap through a troop? No. You're leaping and you're running. (laughs) I have no idea. I can't remember. That's the kind of strength we're talking about. It's God's strength. You will rise up on soaring wings like flying, like like eagles. Run their race without growing weary. How many want to run your race and not grow weary? (laughs) Wait on the Lord. Rest and expect. Rest and expect. Know where your strength comes from. It doesn't come from vacation. Because you can go on a vacation and not rest. And it says that in that place you can walk through life without giving up. We have been invited into the holy place. 
And this is where we run, and this is where we soar. Into the heavenly realm, the holy of holies. And in Hebrews 10, 19, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to sneak in there. You don't have to hope that maybe you were good enough that day to get in there. No, it says, come boldly. You are, you are invited to that place. And another thing, too, to strengthen, we're in number three, to strengthen yourself in faith, is it says in Galatians 5, 6, that faith works by love. If, if, if there's impatience and there's unforgiveness and all of these things trying to live in you, if you're not walking in love toward in your family or in your home or to, in your church, come on. If you're not walking in love, then it is going to hinder your faith. Because faith works by love. So, it's a good idea to grow in your love walk. At the rate of the, that you grow in your love walk, the rate your faith will be strong. Your love walk is really low. You're not walking in love. You're holding bitterness and unforgiveness. You're being mad about everything. You're being hurt about everything. And then you go and you try to believe God for something. It doesn't work that way. I'm telling you, walking in love is a place of rest. We don't need to have our own way. We don't need to have our own way. We honor one another. Honor people, even when they don't deserve it. We sure didn't deserve it. And look what we got. I, I remember Brother Hagen would say, as soon as he would have a moment where he would step out of love, he would get himself back in it faster than it, it was like, nope, okay, I got to go take care of this. It's a big deal. It helps your faith. Okay? Helps your faith. Number four, he gave glory to God. This is verse 20, the second part. I'll read all of 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. When you are so sure of the promise and the promiser, you rejoice because you already see it as done. Giving glory to God. If you've asked, if you've made your petition known to God and he knows you need it and you've asked for it and you did and you, and you know he's faithful and he's good and he, he gives those things that you ask for according to his will, then you know what time it is? Praise time. Praise time. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got it. I got it. It's mine. It's mine. This is a huge part of faith. It's an action to your faith, and you need an action to your faith. We have to have action to our faith. Right? It is a response you have when you know that you have what you've asked for. You heard the word, you stood fast, you remained strong. And you have the victory. Not you're going to have it. You have it now. It's yours now. It's yours. 
It's yours. Number five, and this is in verse 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. He was also able to perform. He was fully convinced that God was able. Verse 21 in the Passion says, Convinced, completely certain that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises. Are you fully convinced? Are you fully convinced? Are you fully convinced? Do you know that God has a promise for you that he spoke it and that you can grab onto it and have that in your life? Are you fully convinced at that? Nothing could sway you from that promise. Nothing could pull you away. Not a sign, not a symptom, not a word, not a report. Nothing could pull you away. You are fully convinced that God promised it, and now I have it, and he is able and powerful enough to take care of it. He's able. He has all the power. The enemy comes against the promise. Do you see this? He comes against the word of God. God is, he, God, is God. We're designed and graced to live in the promise. So what did Abraham do? And Sarah. They found a word from the Lord. God spoke to them. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to you. Stop just looking for a prophetic word. God is speaking to you right here. This is prophetic. God spoke to you. They heard God say something. They grabbed hold of that word. They did not let it go. They did not consider the other things, but they continually considered, this is what God said, this is what God said, this is what God said. They rolled it over in their mind, this is what God said, I'm going to consider that, I'm going to think on that, that's all, nothing else. They knew that he was trustworthy. They fed their faith. Look at those stars. They fed their faith. And they were convinced that he had the power to do that. See, sometimes, and we're going to, just as we close here, we, um, we think we're the power. We're not. Was Abraham going to make him and his wife be pregnant? Was, how was he going to do that? How's he going to do that? How's he going to do that? See, we're designed in grace to live in the promise. Grace means that, yes, we know it's the favor. Everybody's heard it's the favor of God. Grace is the favor of God. But did you know that it is also the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in a life? His divine influence. It's God's will. This is Charles Capps said it this way. God's willingness to use his power and ability on behalf of on our behalf, even though we don't deserve it. God divinely enabling and empowering and strengthening the recipient. Supernatural empowerment. 
Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help of, in time of need. That we may find grace, that you may find God's ability. What do you have to do to find the grace in time of need? You need to go to the throne. Going to the throne is not considering what you see in the natural, but only considering that God is faithful and he has an answer and that's where I'm going. And then I'm going to rest there. And I'm just going to sit there. And I'm just going to be there. And when I'm there, I'm going to be so expecting God. Because that's what his word said. How can we have this grace? Jesus had that grace. Jesus had that grace in, the, in, in, in his walk and in everything that he accomplished on the cross. He did it in the grace. And then when, when he was done, he said, now I'm going to take that grace, the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to put it inside of you so that that same power, that same resurrection life that not only helped him walk through the temptation, walk through the hard things, but then also healing and health and wholeness to all of our flesh because the Spirit of God, the grace of God, the ability, the power of the Most Holy God lives inside of you. That's the grace of God. Yes, it's favor. Yes, it's what we don't deserve. But it's empowerment. It's empowerment, divine empowerment. Divine empowerment cannot come from the outside. It comes from the Spirit of God within and a relationship of going to Him, considering His words, resting and waiting in Him, being faithful to your relationship with Him, being faithful to meet with Him, to speak with Him, to, to not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He directs your path. It's, it's this. It's a commitment. It's easy. Choose life. Choose death. That's not just going to heaven. Every day we can choose life and we can choose death. Let me put it to you like this. We can choose God's word or we can choose this word. When God's grace touches a person, it always comes to bring transformation and change. It gives the ability to repent, the ability to change, the ability to act. It's a supernatural enabling. It results in salvation for the sinner, sanctification for the saint, and a divine empowering to anyone who will yield to it. You can live in such a way that all day long you are yielding to God and grace on the inside of you. Romans 4.16 Grace, his ability, makes the promise sure. That's at the beginning. I might have given you the wrong scripture earlier. But therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure. So the Lord spoke this to me. And I shared this at the women's conference. He is the power 
but you must be a participant. But let me make this easy for you. To be a participant with God is to say, I choose you. I choose your word. Hey, you're right. Yep, I'm going to stick with you. This one is not working out. I'm going to stick with you, God. I'm going to rest in you. You're right, God. That's being a participant. How easy is that? How easy is that? The only thing you're fighting is your flesh. That's it. Oh, I need to rest. I'm going to go sit and watch five Hallmark movies in a row. And then when they're over, I'm like, I need to rest again. Let's go get ice cream. Then I eat it. And I need to rest again. Remember, you can only get the supernatural strength, the rest that you need from God. It cannot come from a natural thing. And we are graced and anointed to live in this life now with full, supernatural, divinely imparted power of the Holy Ghost. That's called grace. You cannot make your body be healed. But you can consider God's word that says you're the healed of the Lord and stick with that and don't get your gaze on other things. And then that's what you have. He's the power. He's the one that heals. You cannot make your marriage be the best. But when you surrender to God, it gets better and better. I love my marriage. And I don't say that. It, it's hard work. But when you surrender to God and side with God and choose Him, it will be heaven on earth. You can't make your kids do this and do that, but the power of God can get a hold of them. He sure can. By grace, his favor, and his ability, through faith, you're saved. Wouldn't it make sense that all of salvation would be accessed the same way? Everything that he provided in salvation is accessed the same way. It is by grace through faith. Grace is God's part. That's his ability. He's the power. Faith is our part. And it's as simple as, God, I choose you. I choose you. And the only thing that's going to suffer from it is your flesh. And your flesh needs to be crucified daily. And it will until we are out of here. You have to crucify your flesh. He is the power. We are the participant. We must be. Abraham and Sarah yielded to God and adjusted themselves to him. Only in that place could they have the confidence of a fulfilled promise. How's confidence in yourself working out? Been there, done that, done work, you know? Because you don't have the power. You don't have the power. It's God's grace. It's God's power. Thank you, Jesus. And it's perfect power. 
It works every time in every situation. It's his grace. And grace was needed to see the impossible. Grace is needed to see the impossible. Grace is needed. To think that we can go out and do all this on our own, we've fallen into pride. Humility is knowing that there's a God and we need Him. Pride is I can do some things on my own and some things through the grace of God and some things this way and some things that way. You know how you stay in the grace of God? You yield to Him. He's speaking. What is He saying? What is He saying? Through His grace, through His instruction, and through our yielding, we receive the gift. And that gift is that promise. So what gift do you need today? It's as simple as I'm going to consider what God says. And that's what I'm sticking to. Just like we talked about how Abraham and Sarah, believe me, I'm sure they had moments. I'm sure they had arguments. I'm sure they had to deal with people. I'm sure they were made fun of. I'm sure all these things happened. But what did they do? They considered God's words. They rolled it around in their mind. They kept it before their eyes. They didn't let anything else come in. No, this is where my focus is. This is what I'm staying on. This is what God said, and he's God. And this is just natural. Hmm. God. Natural. Natural did not create anything. Natural did not put your body together. Natural could not think about how the heart just, just pumps. Because God put life in it. He put heartbeats in us. I choose God. And you rest in Him and His grace and His ability is enough. His ability is enough for what He is telling you to do and your promise. And the promise. So we need to hear from Him. So here's my little Mother's Day plug. For all you mamas out there. Children are a gift from God. He's graced you. He's given you an ability to be a mother. A godly mother. So don't strive. Don't try to do it all in your own strength. Trust God. Rely on his ability and his grace. He's good. He's good. Let's stand this morning. Well, let's just bow our heads for a moment. If there is anybody in here who has not experienced God's grace in you, which means you haven't given your heart to the Lord, but you want to serve him. You know, I need this grace. I need his divine empowerment. I need him in my life. If there's anybody in here that is in that place that wants to give their heart to the Lord, if you would just lift your hand. You want to make a change. You're tired of doing life on your own. 
You're tired of doing everything in your own strength. Anybody in here? Praise the Lord. Now what I want to do is um, all of the mothers, grandmothers, um, raise your hand. And I just want people around to lay hands on them. We're just going to bless you today. So if you're a mother, somebody find somebody. If you're two mothers standing next to each other, you can... Lord, we just pray for these mothers in here today. Lord, I thank you for the grace of God on the inside of them, the ability. I thank you for just divine wisdom and different situations, how to raise, Lord. Father, also that you help them to, uh, Lord, be the homemaker, as your word says, to be, to be those that bring in the presence of God into the home, that it's a blessing to their husband and their children, Lord. Uh, Father, I just pray a blessing over them in the name of Jesus today. Thank you for a refreshing. I thank you, Lord, for a refreshing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray that this year would be, Lord, even a deeper revelation and understanding of who they are in you, God. That they do hold the title mom. But more, than, more importantly, they hold the title, a daughter of the king. Lord, that they would find those pockets of time to just rest and wait on you. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.